Today on This Week in Iowa, a theme is emerging from Iowa polls and it's a big shakeup. Then two presidential candidate interviews. We chat with Senators Bernie Sanders and Amy Klobuchar. Their pitch for your vote. And later, he's running against Des Moines' longest serving mayor. Why Jack Hatch stepped into the race. Hi, everyone, and thank you so much for joining us here on This Week in Iowa. I'm Sabrina Ahmed. Well, a week after the Polk County Democrats steak fry, Iowa's largest caucus event to date with 13,000 tickets sold. We're seeing the race take a bit more shape. The latest Quinnipiac University poll is out. It's a national poll, and researchers say Senator Elizabeth Warren is essentially tied with former Vice President Joe Biden after taking account the margin of error. Warren is polling at 27 percent, Biden at 25, followed by Senator Bernie Sanders at 16 percent, Mayor Pete Buttigieg at 7 percent, and Senator Kamala Harris at 3 percent. That's your top five nationally. Recall the last two Iowa polls of likely Democratic caucus goers showed Pretty similar results. In the recent Des Moines Register CNN Mediacom poll released last weekend, Warren had a slight lead over Biden with 22% to his 20. But again, it would be a virtual tie taking into account the margin of error. Then came Senator Bernie Sanders with 11%, followed by Mayor Pete Buttigieg with 9%, and rounding out that top five was Senator Kamala Harris at 6%. A bit different for the Focus on Rural America poll that came out a few days prior to that. If the caucuses were today, Biden would win, taking 25%. However, again, keeping in mind that margin of error would keep them in a virtual tie, Warren closely trails with 23% continuing to gain momentum. Buttigieg took 12. Sanders then was in fourth place with 9%, and then Senator Klobuchar following at 8%. Now, as we see that top tier shake out, there are still more than a dozen other Democrats in the race. So the question is, how does a candidate sustain their run? Cory Booker's campaign is taking a completely transparent approach, one that no other campaign has taken this cycle. He said, if he can't raise $1.7 million in 10 days, then he's going to drop out of the race. I think that we are being very transparent <laughs> here. I, I do think that there are probably four campaigns right now, and folks can do their own homework and go look. Uh, online to see who those four campaigns are, but uh, we, we, once we hit this $1.7 million goal, we'll be that fifth campaign that will truly have the, the resources to buy for the nomination. The Booker campaign has until Monday at midnight to meet their goal. Now, an impeachment inquiry by the U.S. House began this week following a memo being released about President Donald Trump's conversation with the president of Ukraine. Many topics were discussed, but the most discussed line from that memo was regarding Trump asking President Zelensky to investigate Joe Biden and his son Hunter and their involvement with Ukraine years ago. In the same conversation, the two discussing $400 million in aid to the country which was withheld from Ukraine by Trump's administration. Now, the Iowa delegation is split down party lines on this. Democrats support the inquiry into impeachment, while Republicans do not. Senator Chuck Grassley reacting this week when he was asked if he supports the president asking a foreign power to investigate his political opponent. As I read the testimony, a pretty uh, normal discussion, uh, one that uh, was a little less volatile than I would expect the president of the United States to have with any discussion with anybody. 
A whistleblower with knowledge of the call prompted the release of the memo. Senator Grassley has been a champion of whistleblowers and said he does not want this one to become the center of attention, further saying whistleblowers are a great source of keeping government honest. Senator Bernie Sanders tried the last cycle and narrowly lost the nomination for the Democratic presidential nomination to Hillary Clinton. And he says this cycle is different for a number of reasons. Take a listen to his perspective. It's pretty crazy. You know, uh, it, what's different than last time is last time there were essentially two candidates. Right. And we needed 50 percent of the vote, which is about what we got here in Iowa. This time there are like 20 candidates. So no one is going to get 50 percent or near that. And I frankly think that we have a wonderful organization. We have a whole lot of volunteers. We have raised uh, more individual campaign contributions than anybody in American history has. So I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. But this time it is a completely different landscape. So how has, what is, how has your message changed or has it, is it the same? Well, it's, it's not the same. Uh, we're dealing with some different issues as well. But essentially, I ask people to take a look at my record. Uh, I have been there for a long, long time. Uh, we were the first campaign to talk about raising the minimum wage to 15 bucks an hour, to talk about Medicare for all and health care as a human right, to make public colleges and universities tuition-free. We have just introduced the most comprehensive climate change legislation ever introduced by any presidential cam candidate. So I would ask people to take a hard look at my life's work and standing up for working families, of taking on very powerful special interest. Look at the agenda that we have. Bottom line here is that for the last 40, 50 years, there has been a war against the working families of this country. Very rich are becoming much richer. Working families are struggling. As President of the United States, I intend to reverse that. As you are putting forth some of these plans that are very progressive, and you look at the landscape of our country, do you think that that is what can win? Yeah, I do. You see, this is what I believe. And go out and do a poll and see if I'm wrong. Okay? The people of America, people of Iowa, think the minimum wage should be 15 bucks an hour. People of this country believe that we should make sure that when our kids go to college, they do not leave deeply in debt that we have got to cancel all student debt. That's what I believe. That is what the American people believe. The American people do believe that health care is a human right. vast majority of Democrats and a lot of Republicans want to see us expand Medicare to cover every man, woman, and child, which is what my legislation does. More and more people in Iowa and in Vermont and around the country understand that climate change is real threat to the planet threat to the whole planet, we've got to deal with it. So to answer your question, I think that the ideas that I'm bringing forth, which stand with the working families, that tell the wealthy and the powerful, yeah, they are going to have to pay more in taxes when we have so much income and wealth inequality. I do think, honestly, that that is reflecting what the average person in this country believes. At the Iowa State Fair, you saw people from every single, every single state in the country coming here to hear you and to hear some of the other candidates speak. What are they saying to you about okay, One of the issues, one of the issues that I'm hearing more about is not only that people cannot afford health care, that that's been the case for a long time, but what the consequences are of medical debt. We have 500,000 people in this country going bankrupt 
going bankrupt every year for what crime? They got cancer, they have some disease, they have large medical bills, they can't afford to pay that. We are paying by far the highest prices in the world for prescription drugs. You may remember I took some people from Detroit into Canada to buy insulin for diabetes, one-tenth the price in Canada because of not only the greed, but frankly, the corruption and price fixing of the pharmaceutical industry. And you know what? The people of Iowa, people of Vermont, the people of America are sick and tired of that kind of greed and corruption. And they want a president who will stand with them. One of the biggest issues that's facing our state is this failing rural Iowa as people are moving to bigger cities and there are bigger farms yes. and fewer opportunities. Yes. Um, how do you fix that? Because that people are very worried about that. And they should be very worried about it. And let me just be clear. It is an Iowa issue. It happens to be a Vermont issue. We're a very rural state in Vermont. It's an issue for rural communities all over America. And the truth is that Congress has done a terrible job in terms of paying attention to the depopulation and the decline of rural America. So what do we do? For a start, in my view, you've got to start breaking up these incredibly powerful agribusiness corporations who are driving family farmers in Iowa, in Vermont, off of the land. This is, these are farmers whose families have been farming the same land for generations. They're being pushed off of the land. We've got to make sure that we create decent paying jobs for our young people who love to stay in, would love to stay in their communities, but there are no decent jobs. We have to have universal broadband so that small businesses, medium-sized businesses can come to rural communities. We've got to make sure that our kids have top-notch education and that we stop the closing down of rural hospitals. So there's a lot to be done. But the first thing is, as you indicate, is to acknowledge the crisis that exists not only here in Iowa, but in rural America all across this country. And I intend to do that as president. Minnesota Senator and Democratic presidential candidate Amy Klobuchar is a Midwesterner, and the fight between big oil and ethanol is affecting her home state as well as Iowa. Well, that's where we begin our conversation, and she tells me what she would do as president. Big oil thinks they own Washington. Well, they don't own me. And when they make it hard to market ethanol, I'm going to be on them. Uh, when they do things that uh, make it um, nearly impossible to make money off of it because of these waivers that President Trump has given to big companies like Chevron or Exxon, I'm going to be all over it. In my first 100 days, I will review every one of these waivers and determine which ones should be withdrawn uh, and then change the policy going forward so this doesn't happen. The same with these tariffs. Uh, if they're still around, man, they have to be reviewed in detail because he went way too broad here. We should go back to the negotiating table with China instead of treating our farmers and workers like poker chips in one of his bankrupt casinos. What's the number one issue that you're hearing? Is it tariffs? Is it the waivers or is it health care? The number one issue is just they're scared about this economy. While they may have a job, while people may have a job, all of their salary gets eaten up by their health care. That's why we've got to go on and take on pharma in a big way and bring down the prices of prescription drugs or their premiums. And there's so much more we can do there with a competitive uh, public option. Or they're worried about their costs even of getting on an airplane and costs of trains and freight and you name it. A lot of this is because there's too much big in America. We need to make sure we are supporting small entrepreneurs uh, like we have in Iowa. 
And then the last thing I'd say is people are afraid of what's going on with climate change. And um, I've always said the farmers are a lot of the solution here uh, with uh, land and the, what we can do with winter cover crops and other things. Um, we should incentivize that. Um, as well as the wind industry and other things that could be a big boon to Iowa. How do you balance farmers having the freedom to do the things that they want and think they need in order to succeed in their industry with water quality issues? Sure. And I think that you can have farming and good water quality. You just have to make sure that uh, you have rules of the road in place. But for me, climate change, the first thing you need to do is sign us back into the International Climate Change Agreement. And on day two, I'd bring back the clean power rules. That was something the Obama administration worked out, and I would work with the small co-ops. We have a lot of them in Minnesota, just like in Iowa. Uh, the third thing is to bring back the gas mileage standards. Um, and then four, five, and six, to those days, I would introduce sweeping legislation, and on day seven, I'd rest, but I probably <laughs> won't rest. Um, so I think there are things you can do where you see farmers as part of the solution, like the carbon sequestration, what you can do in terms of using the soil uh, to, the soil absorbs carbon, and there's a lot of good things that farmers can do. I was asked this at a CNN uh, town hall on this about like banning cheeseburgers. And I'm like, no, we're not going to ban burgers. We're not going to ban cheese. Uh, we are going to find a smart way to do this. We mentioned healthcare a little bit and how the costs are just so astronomical right now. Um, what is your short-term solution and long-term solution? Well, my short-term solution um, is that we have to stop sabotaging the Affordable Care Act. Uh, we just The study just came out showing a 1% increase in the number of uninsured. That sounds small. It means millions and millions of Americans. So that's the first step. The second is to do something about those farmer prices. And I lead the major bills on this, unleashing the power of 43 million seniors to negotiate better prices under Medicare, as well as allowing for less expensive drugs to come in for places like Canada. In Minnesota, we can see Canada from our porch. We see those less expensive prices, and we need to bring those in. And then I would also bring the premium prices down and um, uh, insure more people with a public option. I think all those things have to be done right away. But it does concern me um, when some of my fellow candidates start talk about, you know, taking everyone off their current insurance in four years. That would be 149 million people Americans. I think that is unbelievable to me, 149 million Americans losing their insurance. That's not what we want to do in four years. What we want to do is to bring down the price, make it more affordable, create a public option so more people will be insured, um, and then also bring down the price of pharma. A final question for you is affordable housing, specifically affordable housing in rural America. It doesn't exist. Yeah. This is a major problem, and I say to my friends focused on urban housing, and you know it's expensive in urban areas, and I say, you want to you wanna get here. this done? You form a coalition with rural, because there is so little rural housing stock. It's really cutting off business. If we don't have enough housing that's affordable, people live in, I know this from my state, you start losing business contracts, then you have effects on the businesses, the business goes elsewhere to other countries. It's really all part of the economic focus. So it's childcare in rural. It is housing. It is making sure, of course, that people get good wages and that they have health care.
we are joined now by former state senator Jack Catch. Hatch also ran for governor in 2014 against then-Governor Terry Branstad. Mr. Hatch, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, Sabrina, thank you for inviting me. Okay, so you are a Democrat That's running correct. against a fellow Democrat for the mayor of the city of Des Moines position, which, unlike a presidential can uh, campaign that is years long, it's actually in like six weeks. So, um, first of all, why run? Well, I decided about a year and a half ago that uh, Des Moines needed a new mayor when the legislature... Uh, try tried a power grab to take over the Des Moines Waterworks, and our mayor, uh, when had a chance to vote against that, um, was silent. He abstained, and he actually worked with the legislature to, to pass those bills. And it was only until Bill Stowe, the then general manager of the Des Moines Waterworks, dropped his federal lawsuit that the federal that the state legislation kind of went away. It's amazing how that happens. But the sense was that our mayor was absent. He didn't take a stand on something that's so essential to the growth of this city and to the health of the city. And water is where it all begins in life, and this is where we have to protect it. So that lawsuit was dropped, and then the effort by the legislature to dismantle Des Moines Waterworks okay. was kind of dropped at the same time. But there is still an underground effort to dismantle Waterworks in some capacity. Absolutely. You know, the story continues, as they say. And, and we just released yesterday a confidential memo within the Des Moines Waterworks of an agreement between... Urbandale and Ankeny uh, to form a regional waterworks association and our mayor again is just silent on this and and so this is kind of a continual reason why uh, in the form of leadership of a city um, it may just be one issue that catches the imagination but if you look at a lot of the things that happen um, the mayor has been has been kind of a, a distant from the, the decision-making that needs to be done. Okay, so forming a metro water authority, but why form a metro water authority? Why not leave it the way it is? Well, we can leave it the way it is, and what I'm going to, what I've suggested today is that I don't think we do anything um, until we have, uh, until we review the financials, mm -hmm. we have an independent audit, and we have public hearings. And those public hearings will give a chance to the citizens of Des Moines to tell us, the, the, the city council and the mayor, if I'm elected, and the waterworks, how they want us to run and manage and purify their water. Um, I want to go one step further. Because this has been so secretive and that it's been uh, this agreement, which even members, some members of the city council didn't know was, was even going on, that um, I want to put the next vote. If there is a change in the management or if there's a change in the structure of the Des Moines Waterworks, I want the people to vote. I want, to let, I want them to speak up and tell us how it is that we're going to pre preserve and protect the most valuable resource we have and how we are going to manage that, uh, whether or not it's a, it's, it keeps it the way it is, or we go to a regional approach. And if we go to a regional approach, I'll form a task force to include every city and county in the Raccoon River Basin, watershed basin, that contributes to the to the water that we pull out of the Raccoon River. That's how you increase the protection and reduce the nitrates and the phosphates that are in the water that is causing all the problems. Wait, now you're also running on this pothole theme, yeah. so we, but we only have about like 15 seconds left, so tell me why potholes? Well, if anybody drives in the city of Des Moines getting to work, I bet you they hit at least 10 of them. And so we have a little contest on our website. Uh, tell us which ones, which neighborhoods have the worst potholes. And I just came from a senior uh, center, and they, someone came up to me and said, "On Merle, hey, there's a pothole that's at least three feet deep." You know, and, and so we know there's a problem uh, in, in potholes. The city's not taking care of it fast enough. 
and that's what we want to correct. And you can fill out the my DSM app. You can put in a punch card, and they'll fix it for you on your street. So I do that, know that. But. You could register. Whether or not they fix it or not, I don't know, <laughs> but they could register it. Jack Hatch, thank you very much for your time. Sabrina. We'll continue to follow the race. Thank you for listening to the This Week in Iowa podcast. You can find the This Week in Iowa podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, so be sure to subscribe now. You can also watch This Week in Iowa every Sunday at 9 a.m. on Local 5. For the latest in Iowa political news, follow This Week in Iowa on Twitter or visit weareiowa.com.